remember the big Jack the Ripper scare. That was me. I came up with that. Those were the good times. It was the letters that he supposedly wrote confessing to the murders. I did them. Trying that one again, are you? Fake Ripper letters. That ain't gonna work unless there's a murder to go with it. See, I didn't write that one. And why should I believe that? These Ripper letters, they're a gift from God, Sebastian. So what'll it be then? Exactly like the letter said. Are you saying Jack the Ripper's come back? Take him to the cells. Sending me those letters to set me up. Here she is. The final victim of Jack the Ripper. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It is an absolute pleasure to speak to you. It's early morning. So the day's just getting started, uh, but I have to ask, so far, how's the day going? It's going really well, actually. Yeah, it's it's been a good morning so far. I've got, I'm quite busy doing other things. I've just come on board with an um, amazing vodka brand called NE10. So it, it kind of lights up your night, so to speak. So I've just been on the phone with those guys. So, okay. Yeah, I've already been, been in a meeting already and talking so not yeah. not not an early morning drink but definitely one for the nights exactly yeah not in the morning <laughs> <Amazing. so. laughs> overall uh 2023 we're in april now how have you been keeping quite busy throughout this year so far in terms of what i do because mm. i have three things that i do so obviously acting um and producing yeah and then uh, I run a film and television poster design business yes so they're the three things so over <laughs> over those three things I've been keeping super busy where sometimes I'm like right I need to just go to bed and get a full six seven hours sleep today because it mm. gets quite manic um so all in all yes very busy in the industry uh, I've got a slate of films that I'm producing alongside Helen Alexiv-Yonov and she's an American Latvian writer, director and producer. She's actually coming over here. Uh, I'm so excited. Mm. She's coming over to the UK at the end of this month and we're going to be doing a recce um, to get her over here and then do a recce for the kind of star location of the film one of our films that we're producing so the character is there's a it's going to be a huge manor house at, but it's a character in the you know when you're just like your location can be the personality of a film mm -hmm. so i'm getting her over here to then i mean go and recce gorgeous massive manor houses and stately homes so i'm really excited about that <laughs> can't wait to show her the uk at its final yeah, I mean, we're not spoilt for locations in regards to manor houses and gorgeous locations like that. Yeah. So let's talk about that part specifically, about you joining forces with Helen Alexis Yonov and the Handsome Women Productions, particularly what your vision for this is. Yeah, so our vision primarily, I'll tell you how we met, first of all. Mm. So 
I, through my poster company, <laughs> um, I started designing her posters for her, my business. And um, we got on really, really well. And then we just started actually chatting as friends over Zoom. So we've never met in person yet, but we've had okay. nearly three years with Zooms and stuff. And then in January, I produced my first short film called Beautiful Things, which is now in post-production. Um, and that was alongside Jamie Louise Davis, a gorgeous, gorgeous producer, female. And she said to me, she was like, oh, I'm really kind of looking for a producer. I kind of want to move to London. And I was like, okay. I said, well, should we collaborate? Would you? And mm. she was like, would you? Would you? I said, your work. It, the thing is, is it's because of her work and her scripts. So that's how I came to this is because she is talented and she should be seen. Yeah. And if I can help be part of that, as her as a female writer director in this industry, it, that gives me pleasure in that because the writing that she does is off the chart. Um, the Burden of Light, one of the films that we're going to produce down the line because it's a much bigger budget. Mm. Uh, it's winning awards. It's winning loads of screenwriting awards all around the the world at the moment. So it's incredible. Yeah, she she's of a she's of a standard, and to be able to produce scripts at this standard and make them into content for viewers, I, I, I'm just I'm buzzing about it. So that's that's how this came about, and then from that we, you know, in the past we might have been used or but with the wrong people and the collaborations weren't working so well and our main thing is that we want to bring inclusivity diversity and equality to all of our projects and we're making them multicultural we're going to make sure there's enough opportunities for everyone in our films and on our film sets we want to make sure that we we employ and hire obviously groundbreaking names and talent, which is in the cast and crew, not just cast. Mm, mm. So we get, you know, don't forget the crew. The crew are essential to films and people forget that a lot. Yep. So we want to bring that together. And then we, at the same time, we want to bring up up and coming rising talent in crew and obviously cast. So it's, it's basically connecting the hands together so that we can, we can give a hand up to newcomers, really talented newcomers, and, and surround them with support and our film sets. We want it to be a very safe space. So that's that's what we're planning to do. How how are you finding this new and fresh and up and coming talent? Are you waiting for them to come to you? Are you hunting? Are you exploring? Are you viewing and finding them yourselves? Um, I think we will be finding them ourselves. Um, I think it's it will be when the time comes, you put crew casting calls out and things like that. I might even go to some unis of mm -hmm. what, you know, so they're they're fresh out of uni and then they can go on a, a safe film set. And I say safe because I've been in the past in situations where it hasn't been and I don't want that happening to people. And I, I want to help if I can. So, no. so yeah. No, I completely, completely understand. It is one of those things where you almost feel like you're pushing against the tide to a degree, particularly although things are changing for the better. 
uh, in the industry as a whole, from the top to the bottom, it, as it you said really yourself, is, there's, yeah. there, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Yes, and like the fact it. that you highlighted crew as well is a really fascinating oh. aspect that that is often the overlooked um, they thing. Get forgotten, and they're the they're the, they're the creme de la creme of a film set is our crew. Without them, the, it wouldn't look that good. We wouldn't we wouldn't hear the film. We wouldn't see the <clears> film. <throat> and it's the hours that they work. And you just got to big up and shout out to crew to, to to just remind them how special they are, as they're just as special as the actors in my eyes. So, you know, <laughs> it is gonna. I am an actor, so I'm like, <laughs> I get it. And yeah. <laughs> But it is going to be, it is obviously incredibly challenging regardless to push against, like I said, that tide, particularly when you're you're just kind of getting started and you're trying to explore these avenues. What do you see as an aspect that you think will be the most challenging for you as a, as a, a group, a combined um, collaboration? Challenging. Mm. It will probably be more the business side. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So it, I don't think it's going to be, because we're going to be quite selective and I'm going to make sure I'm, we make a speech at the beginning of the film set and stuff and saying zero tolerance to any sort of bullying or this, you'll be gone. I don't care of people's positions. They'll go, we'll, we'll get someone else. But with the business side, I think that's going to be our main challenge because in this industry, you get, some really amazing, credible uh, business men and women out there. But then you also get the other side where people promise you the world and then they never deliver anything. Mm. So I think for Alexis and I, that's going to be our main challenge is making sure that when we're on this journey, like we, when the um, press came out about this on deadline, we started getting inundated with DMs of people mm. who us. And it's like, this is all very well, but this time we need to be very selective on who comes on board with us because we really do need the right team that are team players rather than take, 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 take and not give, 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 which which can happen in this industry quite a lot. No, I, I understand that. That's the challenge. It's not, it's not the crew. It's not the cast. It's, it's the business side of the industry. But I can still tell that you're clearly very enthusiastic, very excited about oh. these kind of challenges because you know there are going to be many hurdles along the way. But it's that yeah. exploration and the well, the the change that you can help bring in that's the most exciting yeah. thing, I imagine. Yeah, to be honest, I am so excited to help people, <laughs> and that's kind of my drive. Is it's a uh, I'm really excited as well. Obviously, I'm going to be acting in all these films, so they're going to be and because. Helen uh, Alexa Vionov has written them. The characters are all really good. And the women characters are so refreshing, refreshing in this. So when you read it, you're like, oh, wow, that's just not a wife of someone or that's just not, you know, the waitress or whatever it is. It's, right. They've actually got depth. Every single character, female, male, it, it is in depth. So, yeah. The, the, will you... Will you have limitations on, uh, say, specific genres that you would cover in regards to writing and so on? Or is it basically a kind of free-for-all? If it's a horror movie, great. If it's a comedy, great. If it's a drama and so on and so forth. Yeah. So we we have a we have a varied genre, a slate. And a lot of people, they, they, there's 
opinions everybody has opinions <laughs> so, mm. so it's like some people say you should only stick to one genre and then others are like spread your wings and I say let's see what the script is I say mm. don't even think about the genre think about is that a quality script is that something that people will put on their screens watch it maybe question at the end and make them talk or is it going to impact their life is it going to give them and the one thing I want all scripts to have is like a hope at the end I feel like when you leave with some kind of hope when you've seen no matter if it's horror or um, a romantic comedy when you leave from watching a film and you get that sense of a hope that then can then influence people and that's kind of what I want to focus on more than mm. right it's got to be this genre it's like no it's got to be the right script and then the right script then you find the right investors and the right all the talent around that genre and then you go and film that genre so it's kind of the stories are my the scripts are so important in my eyes no it makes complete sense and I ask it really because um specific genres sometimes struggle the most would say diversity in cast and crew more than any other and are leaning towards horror here more than anything else yeah. you know for decades uh we talk about women and how they've been yeah. portrayed in horror and while I have of course been examples um and famous franchises and so on that have broken the norm change the norm it's not as often as it should be or could be but that does seem to be changing do you are you encouraged by seeing kind of more not just female leads in horror movies and, and aspects but also um directors producers oh. uh, and so on yes yes i've worked with two female directors in my career and i've been in the industry working for 19 years it's incredible so yes, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm very much, and it's a very different experience. Although I can't really, I've never even had a bad experience with a male director. So I can't really, you know, it's, I've had great experiences with all my directors yep. um, and a lot of them have rehired me again. But to work with a female director, it gives you that like, wow, oh yeah, yeah, okay. And sometimes just a little look in the eye, you just know what they're Hmm. they want or anything like that and to be honest I just want it to be equal I just want it not to be a thing where I would like it to be whether it's male or female director it doesn't matter and it's not like oh it's a it's a female director it I want it to be normal I want it to be normalized that oh yeah yeah okay this is this is a female director that's a male director because there's equal opportunities for both and Mm -hmm. so I think there's still a very long way to go on that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're hundred percent right on that. But of course, you you know you've talked uh, about other areas that you're involved in, but you're also, as you said, an actor as well, having starred in many many different variety of movies. You talk about variety. Your oh, yeah. credits <laughs> is varied, um, and obviously you have a new uh, horror slash drama almost film out right now it's called ripper's revenge and obviously with that title most would be able to get that it utilizes the legend of jack the ripper interested we're talking about um you know uh female empowerment and elements like that while then referencing jack the ripper which of course is an infamous story in regards to the murder of women in london um you played a character of iris a significant role in the movie for you then when this came about what was interesting about this role for you and what made you want to do it Oh, what wasn't interesting about Iris? Hmm. That's more to the point. Steve, the director, Steve Lawson, he 
he phoned me because I've worked with him on another film before, yeah. and he said, "I, I wrote this character for you." <laughs> oh, amazing! Like, yeah. So, and because it was multi-layered, and I just, I don't, I don't want to give any spoilers. I don't know. I know it's released now, so I'm allowed to. Or yeah, because I'm, I'm going to be talking I'm... about a specific spoiler part, so okay, we might as well. Fine. fine. Um. So. I was just like pumped because I love a challenge. Mm. And when I read the script, I was like, right, the first thing I need to do is to call Chris, get to know Chris. And uh, Chris is uh, obviously playing Stubbs. And uh, so he's called Chris Bell, sorry. Chris Bell yeah. playing Stubbs. <laughs> just yeah. so that's out there too. Um, so I phoned him and I was just like, can we have some rehearsals? And so we ended up getting on Zoom calls because there was so much dialogue it's literally dialogue heavy and Steve shoots it like a theatre play in a way where he didn't say he didn't say cut so you constant you just like you're like oh my god I'm now doing a monologue and then <laughs> so you've got to be off book for every single line so Chris and I went over many zooms and had rehearsals previous to it and built up all our chemistry and we talked about the lines and we talked about the beats and the the intention of our characters because we don't want to give it away too much but they've got to be so relaxed because she comes in and out all the time mm -hmm. and so we went yes yeah, so we went on zooms we ended up getting on really well and we both wanted to make it performance led as much as we possibly could but in a really subtle way so it was a huge challenge. Uh, I loved her because of her layers. I love mm. playing characters that are not me, as you probably can see by my my credits. <laughs> There's not many where I'm just being this person mm. at all. So yeah, that's probably it. I love that you use the term theatre production because I completely understand that. Having seen uh, Steve Lawson's other, a lot of his other work as well, it kind of fits nicely to it. But of course, when you're doing a role like this and making a movie like this, authenticity is quite important. You know, if we're going to be featuring the East End and London and so on. It requires that. How did you go about making sure your portrayal of Iris was as authentic as you possibly could make it, having obviously not lived within that time period? So I did a lot of my own research and I watched a lot of videos, um, mm. obviously on Jack the Ripper. Uh, I read lots of, lots of stuff. I mean, I Googled, let's just say Googled. <laughs> I Googled yes. a hell of a lot um, down to, you know, the hours, the exhaustion, um, what the women had to go through as well. well. It's just so disturbing what it was back then. Mm. But I had to then normalise that to make it authentic because obviously it's absolutely different from anything that I've ever experienced so I then had to put myself in that position where it was totally normal to go out and like, I won't quote the words, but go out and, and do the deed, but mm. come back and then she just washes herself off. And I was just trying to keep it really, because I'd be like, uh, uh, but it's just making it really just mundane and just learning that kind of side of her. So I did a lot of personal research on how she'd walk, how she'd stand, even how she'd do certain looks um, all through Google and research on Jack Ripper. It comes across comes across strongly. Obviously, I have absolutely nothing relatable in 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 that regard. But I 
would use my own imagination and own knowledge as well to think the word uh the words I might use would be hard it would make you hard it would make you yeah. tough you would feel that there would be not lack of innocence but a, a toughness surrounding and that certainly comes through with the character virus I think um right which really means and this is what I'm talking about stepping into spoiler territory here because oh God, of course <laughs> but of course um they that you seem to revel in being quite villainous here at a certain point was that a particular fun turn for you oh it was fantastic i honestly that the the, the villainess side uh, how I learn my lines is mm -hmm. I take my dogs for a walk in a field and there's trees and there's a specific spot that I always go to as a picnic table. No one ever goes there. It's a massive, massive field. And there's just these trees and I always use them as my eye lines. So I sit and the dogs are just sniffing around and I'm talking to these trees and that and I use them. I say, right, that's going to be stubs and that's going to be uh, whoever it's going to be. Yeah. And then I talk to that tree and then back. And then sometimes I use my dog's eyes. So when they're looking at me, I'll deliver my lines to the dogs. And they're <laughs> but when they actually engage with me, I know I'm doing something. Um, and it was it was that moment there where I'd pace around with the script. I was like, oh, look at the le le levels on that. And it took me about three days solidly for that monologue. I think the one that you're talking about where I change. And to to colour it, to be like, mm. I don't want this just to be said plainly. I want her to be enjoying it subtly. And then when she gives that slight smile about what she's doing, and then just to just to make it like a um, a musical chart, you know, that goes up and down, up and down, up and down. So it took me about three days and a lot of line learning in the fields and talking to trees to get that specific villain moment down. And when I was on set, I absolutely just went for it and I loved it and Steve or Chris afterwards was so complimentary so complimentary he he, he just was in, <laughs> like it made him stop talking and he just looked at me and he went smashed it girl you just you smashed it <laughs> and I was like oh Chris thank you so yeah it was it was a good it was lovely really good experience it is an incredible moment in the movie. Uh, been building quite nicely as well. I, I, you, you talk from my perspective as a viewer, having only watched this literally last night, um, so very, very fresh in my mind. It's all about the face. It's all about your facial expressions during this. Uh, as you said, it's I can I can tell the character is revealing in revealing uh, the actions involved. Yeah. An aspect of the movie. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can tell, and I love that as well. But an aspect of the movie that I particularly thought was clever and that I particularly enjoy, and I'm wondering how you feel about it, is how it utilises ideas that are more relevant now, perhaps even more than they were back then. So we're talking things like corruption of the press, the dangers of having your personal pictures exposed, which I thought was fascinating, and trust in the police force. It's very clever stuff. This commentary is quite nuanced in the movie. Was that an aspect of something you were when you when you read the script and you were working on it early days that you noticed that stood out for you and you thought this is really clever and it's taking this movie in a different direction? I definitely think the film has been written to go in a different direction, and that is just fully hands down to Steve Lawson, like mm. for writing it. He he fine tuned it and made it into something. He is he is the king of Ripper. 
in Jack the Ripper and his knowledge. Oh, his history and his facts and everything. I'm just like, how do you even know that? Yeah. Um, so it's all credit to him that he was able to write this with a different spin, with a different kind of turn to the normal Jack the Rippers. So, yeah, I just I just think it's it's actually him that that has all the credit for doing that. I think you've said already, uh, but I gather you quite enjoy working with Steve because, of course, it's not your first film together. This relationship you have, it is something that brings out the best in you. Do you know what? It's him. It, he, he literally, he's a director that lets the actors make up stuff, work together. Mm. He'll do a rehearsal. He'll just tweak the ti tiny things. Um, he's very supportive. And I think that for actors you need like I know I could phone him even now after the film like I did the other day I was like hey Steve could you send me um the link of that I mean the specific bit that we just spoke about the oh. the villain bit I said could you send me the clean shot of just me on that because I want to use it for my showroom literally the same day he'd got it and sent it to me now that never really happens you ask for a, a scene from a film or something and you're waiting months and then you have to nag again and then you don't know. Mm. Then you have to download it, you know, but Steve is one of these people that he's, he's so kind and caring and he wants the best for the actors. And he is actually specific on who he casts as well. And he really does analyze who he wants to work with and they have to be at a specific standard. So it was really nice that he got me back in for Iris, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, initially I was going to be talking and thinking, okay, I'm going to ask you about how you get your part. But the fact that it was written for you uh, beforehand, I just, I love that. I love when I hear that because it certainly he says, all right. He had me in his mind for it. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but he did say, he said, oh, when I was writing this, I was thinking of you to play it. So, yeah. It is amazing. And I know it's obviously dare I say, part of the job, the transformation, but of course, who you are, for example, talk to me right now, and who Iris is, are so poles apart, it is incredible. <laughs> Thanks. I do urge people, I do urge people to check it out, to see that experience. Um, but the legends surrounding Jack the Ripper, they are many, as you say, you've got someone like Steve who studies it potentially, and has found more information than anything else, but it is what it is, it's legends, and stories, embellishments, and all of that. Do you have anything from that, that you particularly believe? I have a different kind of, very different from the normal kind of reactions of it. Okay. It makes me really sad. Mm. So I just, through Jack the Ripper and all of these stories that are around, I just think the women are kind of forgotten and they're mm. seen as items or they're just products or they're not actual human beings mm. and they're not ever respected and they're women trying to make a living for themselves and they most of them don't want to be doing it but mm. they're kind of they're doing it to survive in life and it really gets to me how they are just treated and how they're spoken about and I just again it's that thing of where I would love it to have not happened and <laughs> I would love it kind of prostitutes not to have that reputation because they are just women and they're yeah. a lot of them are just surviving they might have a child at home and they're single and they're but they're just made out to be this whore oh that's just a whore and it's like yeah. well, no it's a human 
so I come from it from that kind of stand but I think that's because I went deep into Iris <laughs> it is fascinating because I sometimes worry and I think you kind of touched upon it there there's almost a celebration a celebration of such a infamous character to a certain degree that as you said the victims are completely forgotten about and you have come on this walk come on this tour and hear and experience the story of this legendary villain yeah yeah and it's like okay mm. we're celebrating the villain what about the women <laughs> would you ever have you ever considered telling it from a brand new perspective as you would say from a perspective of the women rather than focusing on the 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 man i mean that would be good mm. Mm. <laughs> that'd be good steve <laughs> <laughs> right, it's <script. laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, it may perspective before. <laughs> it may already exist, and it may just be one of those buried gems in a particular genre that just hasn't been kind of focused on a low budget kind of movie. It may already exist. I don't know. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, but I feel like this has already been answered. What has been your career highlight to date? But I actually think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I feel like it's it's this collaboration potentially and what you're going to be doing going forward maybe more than anything else but it, um, putting that to the side slightly up to this point what has been as I said the highlight of your career um my highlight of my career was when I met Andrew Loveday and I went to one of the Rise of the Foot Soldier premieres and then he we started speaking and he looked through my credits and we had mm. a meeting and he said look you're really really talented I'm going to ask you to um, audition for one of my films when it comes around. Time passed. And with these things, you kind of take it light, lightly. And you're like, well, a lot of people tell you that. <laughs> so Fair enough. Yeah. And then he did. He called me and asked me to read for the lead, um, Lucy, in Rise of the Foot Soldier Origins. And then Nick Nevin then saw my tape. I'm not even joking. I did the same research as what I did with Ripper. I then watched Rise of the Foot Soldier one to four. Was it one to four at the time or one to five? Yeah, one to four. And I sat there, I paused the TV. I started getting into the kind of how I would stand, what would I do, how would I sit, the tone of it, getting used to the language that's used. And then I was like, right, I'm gonna do this now. And so I set up my <laughs> my camera and everything for my show um for the uh, audition piece. Hmm. Uh, got in the right kind of lingerie underwear that kind of thing and I just went for it I literally transformed and I went for it and I played it to the camera and I did the whole Lucy thing that now you'd see as Lucy and Nick then saw that as well and then I got a message back going yeah no one could play this like what you've just given us the the role's yours so wow. that yeah, and it was hard, but like what Nick said, because Nick really, really respects actors. If you hear that whinging, it's my dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, really respects actor actors who who prep, who who potentially have trained, who would really get their teeth into it and have really take it seriously. And I think he could see that with my performance as well. That. I will go to that level to get the role. It's, it's, I take it very, very seriously as an actor. Um, and then, yeah, I got on set and it was, it was definitely one of the biggest highlights to, to be part of the franchise. 
Absolutely. Um, it does stand out, as you say, even on your IMDb, for example, credits, um, that almost jumps out and go, oh, OK. And if uh, you've never seen those movies or this particular one, it's an explorative chance to delve into England's rich history, so to speak. <laughs> it's very different from my Ripper. It's, they're just all so different. <laughs> my character. It is. It is. It is. Absolutely. We are we are we are a horror site. So it's not an area we touch upon, but totally aware of it. But particularly what we are here most excited often about is particularly what comes from these these isles, the island of Britain and the movies and up and coming writers, directors, producers, you name it, actors we've got of here. And we have some amazing, amazing talent utilizing not just locations, but stories within our checkered history is that an area particularly going forward and collaborating with uh helen alexis uh, you know um that you would like to explore a bit more potentially the the darker richer more lesser known aspects of british history to tell your stories that is something yeah i think i think there is there are so many stories british stories that could be told Mm. Um, so many different genres again it, yeah. it depends what genre and style there, there's there's a pool there's like a pool of stories out here like here in this country that you could turn into films it's mm-hmm. just finding the right right ones that can be commercial that can make sure that as a business as well as entertainment it can work for everybody involved um get the bums on the seats that kind yeah. of thing is is the that's the challenge to make sure that these stories come to light um and that's why i'm going to start off with helen alexis yonov stories i've got one crime drama which is separate from that that i'm working on as well i can't really say too much about that but that's yeah. that's going to be gritty and heartfelt um and it's going to explore the struggles of um growing up on council estate and how you can overcome that all the the downs it's brutal it's it's Mm. hard watching but as we know i like to give hope at the end Mm. (laughs) so it's actually based on someone's true story and at the end there is definitely hope so that it can inspire and empower everybody that you've just got to keep going. You've got to fight. You've got to go through those dark times and you can pick yourself up and you can continue on. So I'm quite passionate about that one as well as the others. So, so yeah, I've also got a, <laughs> been working with um, Samira Stewart, who is a Netflix writer. She wrote uh, Get Even, some of those Get Even episodes. And I've created a TV series with her. And that's now, it's a comedy drama. And Mm. it's now out with our American literacy manager and our UK literacy agent over here, ready to start submitting to the channels. So that's another area. And I've got a role in it, obviously, again. Of course. (laughs) But that's that's another thing that I'm doing. (laughs) It's phenomenal to hear. Ultimately, uh, all everybody should want is massive amount of success for you, particularly in so much with so much variety, so much things on offer that you're able and capable of doing. I almost feel like the fact that I, I, I'm trying to constantly go right. I need to bring the I want to bring this back around the horror because it's what we're here for. But I almost don't really care that much. It's an aspect. It's a a, a, a string to your bow, as it were. 
Well, I have and been just cast as the leading lady in Mr. Hyde, Jekyll and Hyde story. I did look at this, yes. So that could bring it round slightly, for sure. <laughs> Again, I can't talk too much about that yet, but it's written yeah. by Dan Brothers and Adam Astell, who was on EastEnders, is in it. And we're starting rehearsals on Monday over Zoom. I was like, what we did with Chris Bell and I for Jack the Ripper, for um, Ripper's Revenge, I want to do the same now for Mr. Hyde. So I've said to them, I said to, would Adam mind if we start rehearsals early on Zoom? Because then by the time we get there, that's the thing when you say you're an actor, actor, you want to put the extra work in, go that extra mm. mile. Adam's up for it. So we're starting our rehearsals together on Monday to bounce off each other. Um, and then also Jake Cornish is been cast, has been cast in it as well. So looking forward to working with him and seeing seeing his acting ability. So I think this is his, like his first big role in a film. So oh, amazing. We'll see. Yeah, had a brief little, as you say, not much details out there right now. I had a brief little look at it. Uh, very intrigued by that one. I think you kind of, again, you touched earlier on in the interview about the scripts matter, ultimately, more than any, uh, anything else. So I guess when it comes to what roles you would perhaps like to do, particularly as you move forward um, with your collaboration with uh, Helen Alexis, um, I guess it doesn't really matter in regards to what roles you would like to do. Would you like to do more horror, though? Is that something... Do you enjoy... Do you enjoy horror? I love working in horror. Mm. I think um, as an actor, when you mm. work in horror, you can go to so many different deep, dark levels. Like <laughs> you can let yourself go. With mm. And you can really, really, um, I don't know, delve deep into characters and emotions and feelings because horror allows you to do that. And I think that's the beautiful thing about horror is you can, you can literally transform into something else and you don't really get judged. And the, the horror fans and are, I think, some of the most loveliest people mm. and they're the most supportive. And to be honest, the, the horror fans are more the ones that support and encourage and are constantly like being my biggest cheerleader. Mm. They're just, they're really kind, lovely people. <laughs> and I think that... <laughs> That in the horror sense is really nice because you know when you're going to do your performance and you're going to put blood, sweat and tears all into your role, you then want to give those horror fans a really good experience because you know how much they love horror and you know how much they just love watching it and they, they're supportive. So for that reason, I love doing horror because of it, it's so raw and it, it is kind. And I think it's that that side why I like to do it really because you can just you can go the extra mile and people don't judge you they just celebrate what you're doing. So, if you could uh, be part of an ongoing horror franchise, um, would, would would you have one in mind that you'd love to kind of sink your teeth into? I would love to be part of a horror franchise. Mm. again it would just have to be I'd have to know because I all I can think of the Saw films <laughs> that <laughs> kind of thing for the, the franchise as such it would have to again it comes back round to the story and the script it does. and the character and it's like yeah I would but I'd have to read it and have to know what the character is what are their journeys 
is it going to keep the audience interested or is it going to be plain and like that where everyone just wants to turn it off so it's it's just it, again it's it's if the script and the characters right story matters uh it doesn't matter what the genre is um horror will consistently be criticized heavily for sometimes lacking in the story department and particularly in the character development department and elements like that when you do tell fascinating character stories you will be 10 times more invested and care about them and their the and what happens to these people it's beyond important uh, it's part of the, one of the reasons why i enjoyed ripper's revenge so much it's because oh. Uh, as I said, although it's a horror, I utilise the word drama to describe it as well, because, yeah. and as you said, there's a lot of talking, but it matters because I ended up yeah. really caring about the people involved. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> it's a great movie. And uh, I can't wait to see what the future um, holds for you in regards to working with uh, Handsome Woman Productions and what you're going to be doing there. It sounds so incredibly exciting. I cannot wait to see more details about the Mr. Hyde film and uh, what your performance is like in that. Um, Rachel, thank wait. you so much for taking time to do this. I really appreciate thank it. You. I really appreciate it too. And it's lovely to meet you. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. As well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for? <laughs>